unbelievable to the right hand. Puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Leopold just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. I overdosed over 10 times. I'm one of the lucky ones. And for that, I will always be grateful. This is for all the men and women we've lost. Matthew Lazinski, Mitch Fadden, this one's for you. My name's Brady Leibold, and I've been to hell and back. This is the road to recovery. Finally doing what I'm meant to do. What is going on, everybody? Welcome. Hockey to Hell and Back, episode number 108. I am a very tired Brady Liebold coming at you guys from Muskoka, Ontario. I honestly just got home. I've been I've been on the road for for two weeks coaching, and I was just talking to Curtis and Carson earlier. Like I'm not complaining. I don't care that I'm tired. I love it. I would uh, essentially be paying to do what I get to do. And uh, what an amazing group of parents and and young athletes that I get to work with. It's uh, a real privilege. Uh, to be in the position that I'm in. 
Uh, before we get into the show, I have a couple very special announcements, and I'm going to try to get through them without crying. Um, first off, I just want to acknowledge again that this is Overdose Awareness Month. Uh, wear purple in support of all those that we've lost to overdose. Uh, strike up a conversation within your community. I've lost well over a thousand people that I've met personally in my life that have died of overdose, and many uh, hockey players that I played with or against are, are in that conversation. And we're really trying to make a difference with puck support, but it's going to take more than puck support. It's going to take more than me. It's going to take an army to do this. Uh, and sometimes it's just about having a conversation. You can see this hoodie says hashtag and overdose uh, down the sleeve. Uh, purple is the cover color, sorry, for overdose awareness. And uh, I've been wearing purple all August. I wear purple all year round, but wear your purple, strike up a conversation. And uh, on that note, I'm very proud to announce that finally, after over two years, Puck Support is finally incorporated as a not-for-profit organization. It has been an absolute grind getting here. And I just want to say thank you to, to everyone out there who's believed in it and has played a part in it, whether you're directly involved at this moment or you've been involved at any time or just liked or shared or commented on a post uh, or told somebody about it. Thank you so much. A uh, special shout out to Stuart Smith, who is the chair uh, chairman of the board for the Puck Support Network, uh, fire chief out in Abbotsford, British Columbia, and a former hockey player himself. As always, Susan Cook, who's upstairs watching. And while I'm saying it, uh, just moments ago, I had a special surprise visitor all the way from Germany, originally from Spain, Curtis, our friend Elena, the artist, just showed up in my backyard uh, with her friend Matias. So it's pretty cool. She's outside sitting on the deck watching uh, watching this show right now. So I'm looking forward to spending some time with her after the show. Um, but Susan, of course, uh, has been instrumental in, in everything that I'm doing. So thank you. Uh, Alana McCutcheon, who is a retired OPP officer, staff sergeant, who specializes in drug enforcement, uh, has been a huge force um, joining us. And uh, there's several others that are going to be joining here very shortly. But those three, those core uh, three people really made this happen. I've been on the road and they got it done while I was on the road. So thank you guys. Uh, and thank you to everyone for your continued support. The last thing that I want to say um, is if you've been watching or listening to this show at all from day one, you've heard a lot about Matt Thompson, who's my best friend in the world. And uh, he called me after the second episode of of hockey to heroin, the road to recovery almost over two years ago and shared the story of Matthew Lazinski with me, who was his best friend who passed away of an overdose, who was a second round draft pick uh, to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds and played a, played a time in the Sioux and, and ran into a life of addiction and crime and uh, sadly lost his life in 2017 to an overdose. And in that moment, uh, I realized that I wasn't the only hockey player that may had been using fentanyl because I certainly felt alone. And shortly thereafter, I found out that Mitch Fadden, my former roommate uh, and teammate, uh, in Norfolk, also passed away of a fentanyl overdose. And from there, I, I realized that we probably had a way bigger problem on our hands. And and that, that you know, became true. And it seems like it never ends. Um, but that, that phone call from Matt Thompson really sparked the idea of puck support. Uh, and we are best friends, and I'm heading up there to do a hockey camp here in the next few days. But today, him and his beautiful fiance Christina, welcomed their first kid into the world. Uh, baby girl, Kyle... <laughs> Kylie Lynn Catherine Thompson. She was seven pounds, 12 ounces. Congratulations to Matt and Christina. I'll see you guys very soon. Uh, and on that note, we'll hear a quick word from Regan Bartell and the people of our team issued, and we'll be back with the show. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play -play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. 
Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. TeamIssued.ca. Promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. All right. So you guys all know Curtis Gabriel. He's been on my show multiple times. I think this is probably going to solidify. He's been on my show more than anybody. I think the only other person close is maybe my dad for little guest appearances here and there. But uh, Curtis has been so kind to me for the last uh, couple years anyways, close to two years. And we've developed a bond and a friendship. And uh, he's been a tremendous support for me and uh, for so many. He's just a bright light in this world. Never mind his hockey and what he does on the ice. And uh I guess a couple of weeks ago, he, he reached out to me and said that he had a childhood friend named Carson who, uh, who has been struggling and thought that maybe him and I could, could rally around him and do something to inspire some hope and, and maybe help him get on the right track. And we got to talking uh, and we chatted, all of us, and we decided that, hey, let's do a podcast and let's just have a real conversation and talk about things that are really happening in so many of our lives. Uh, you know, to make feel, one, Carson, you're not alone. Uh, and number two, there's a lot of people that watch and listen to this show who struggle. And I know there's already comments coming in. So uh, without further ado, let's bring in my buddy, Kurt. Gabriel and his childhood friend Carson Rogers. How's it going, everyone? What's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time, Carson. It's good to have you, buddy. Thanks for having me, guys. It's uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks going back and forth with you guys, and uh, you know, we didn't really talk about hey, we're going to talk about this or we're going to talk about that. And uh, Kurt, I think as you know, you've, you're a, you're a pro at these. You can never really plan on on what we're going to talk about anyways but Kurt why don't I let you take it away and tell me a little bit about your friendship with with Carson and and maybe why you reached out to me yeah so uh what I moved uh across town I think it was like end of grade six Cars. uh I can't remember birth year you get I think you were in the starting high school or middle like maybe grade nine ten I feel like you were like the cool older guys across the street it was you Brad Tom Johnny Townsend just like you know the typical dudes, they're like putting up plastic tables, they're jumping through them like jackass, you know, they're, they're always playing uh, street hockey or, or basketball in like a chain match. We thought that was so cool, me and my brother. Uh, so they were kind of like, I've never had a big brother, so it was kind of like big brother to me, and uh, kind of showed me how to kind of be around my brother, um, you know, integrated us into that uh, boys being just dumb dudes together. So uh, it was a blast, and they're always over there. You could always uh, count on them to chat uh, if you needed to give you advice on whatever you needed to, you know, uh, you know, talk about if anybody's been bothered. And yeah, I was always keeping care of my brother, but I always knew I had those guys if, uh, if I needed any uh, help with anything. So, um, yeah, just over the years, obviously I moved away for hockey and, uh, we kept in touch here and there. Carson's such a big hockey fan. He loves the game, loves the Leafs. Uh, he's really well kept on it. He knows all the new market boys that made, uh, made pro hockey. Um, so yeah, we always kept close that way. And, and over the years, uh, I think, Carson, we were talking about that recently, and you said in Lehigh, that was probably uh, 2019, 2020 season, right before COVID, when you first reached out to me and kind of talked about these things to me. So, uh, you know, here and there we talk uh, when, you, when you need to, but uh, I really think this is a good next step forward. I'm so pumped for you to uh, be on here, buddy. Thanks, man. So I'm just going to expand on that a little bit. So uh, when I first I reached out to Curtis in 2018, it had been a week of not eating and uh, basically drinking a two, four a day. I had nowhere to go, didn't know who to reach out to. And I took a chance with Curtis. Um, I don't know why, (laughs) 
but I took a chance and he listened to me and I cried in the garage that night while I was talking to him, breaking down. Um, 2018 was a really rough year for me. So having Curtis's support and a little bit of fire me up there, man, that was great. Yeah. I mean, I like, listen, it's so important, right. That you even had somebody and, and I can kind of touch on why maybe you think why you reached out to Kurt. He just, he's, he's that guy, right. He's that care. He has that care and compassion that, you know, we wish to see in more people and um, you know, it's, it's really great, but, you know, things, how did, how did things kind of transpire after that and, and maybe get into where you're at today a little bit. And, and if you want to talk about anything about your past or, or anything, you can jump right in Carson and by all means, Kurt jump in anytime as well. So, yeah, um, I got diagnosed, diagnosed with depression and anxiety about 10 years ago. Um, you guys, both of you guys know a lot about mental health. So, you know, that 10 years ago, there wasn't really an outlet there wasn't really support there wasn't anybody you could look up to that was dealing with mental health issues it was more of just like what's in the news it was a school shooter that's a mental health issue it was this it's a mental health issue it was never a positive something somebody speaking positively about mental health um so it was a it was a real struggle for a while um didn't want to go on medication didn't want to go to therapy um, it took years for me to actually accept those things as things that I needed. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a tough one. I think for a lot of people, because when you have to kind of look yourself in the mirror and, and say, Hey, something's not okay here. And, and that's something's not okay with me and having to take accountability, you know, for, for your own life, it can be so challenging. And so many, so often m- many people don't get out of that. Right. So, Maybe talk, you can tell us a little bit about that kind of journey into medication and, and your experience with it, because I think it's important because sometimes it works for people and sometimes it doesn't. And maybe it was a bit of a journey to find something that works for you, Kars. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a mess because I, I didn't want to take it to begin with. And then I would have side effects to different medications that they were giving me. So you would, I can't remember exactly what the process was, but it was like, you have to go on the meds for two weeks. And then to switch meds, you have to go off the meds for two weeks. And then you try the new med for two weeks. Then you got to go off of it for two weeks. And it's just, it's just the absolute worst. And at the same time, I had a friend who was going through mental health struggles as well. And he refused to take medication. He refused to seek out for therapy. And um, we ended up losing him in 2013. Um, I'm going to drop his name, Jake Eliopoulos. Um, he actually got drafted by the Blue Jays twice. Uh, Curtis, did you ever meet Jake? I feel like I have. The name sounds familiar. Yeah, man. Yeah, he, he, he was around a lot when we were younger, so you definitely would have met him. Um, that one hit me hard, and that's when I started to accept the fact that, like, I needed to be on this medication. I needed to do this therapy because if I don't do something, I'm just going to end up like him. Kurt, you want to hop in? I mean, I, I, it's something I don't have a lot of uh, experience and lived experience with, right, guys? Like, you you two have both been through it, and I'm I'm just here to support you guys and stuff. The only thing that makes me think of is, you know, um, it's sad that you lost him, Kars, but it, it's it's strong for you to recognize through that kind of pain that, um, you know, he wasn't willing to take that olive branch of the medication. Who knows if it was going to work, right? But it's just the idea of trying whatever you can to get better. And that just makes me think of my dad, right. That uh, reached out to our family doctor a week before he took his own life. I reached out. They, they didn't have any room uh, for another week. And had he 
decided to extend that olive branch like you did when you called me, Cars. Maybe if he called one of his buddies up, you know, that's, that's 2003. So nobody's really, you talk about how bad it was in 2018, how bad it was back then. And, uh, if he had maybe picked up the phone and called someone or went for a walk with one of his buddies, uh, maybe he'd still be here today, but it's, he chose to run directly at a go train. So uh, I think that's so important that you recognize that and we're like, hey, I need to, I need to do this. I need to try this. I need to exhaust the options here. Kurt, thanks for thanks for sharing that with us. And and Carson, honestly, man, thank you for for your openness here. And there's a bunch of comments coming in, but I'll just get to the last one. It's Stuart, who's the chairman of the board for Pucksburg, says Carson, you sharing your story will help others and yourself stay strong. From Abbotsford, BC. Thank um, you, Stuart. Yeah, he's an incredible guy. Uh, hopefully, one day you'll get to meet him. Um, but it, it's it's a process, right? To to kind of get through this stuff. And you mentioned you know, you're drinking a two, four and, and everything. How, how was that for you? Because a lot of people, you know, turn to alcohol. I turn to drugs to soothe that pain. It was like, I don't need medication from the doctor. I'm just going to self-medicate and basically didn't feel like I had any will at all. Like I was just powerless to the drugs because I was in so much pain and so much trauma. And I really at the time wasn't willing or ready to to look at what I needed to look at. And until I did that, nothing was going to change. No amount of medication, no amount of therapy. If I wasn't willing to be honest through that therapy that I did, you know, two years ago for my sexual abuse trauma, then it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. So I think there's a, there's another side to it. Like we can do it, but we really need to do it. So kind of where are you at with that, Carson? And, and where are you at today? Tell people a little bit about what your your life is like today, and, and maybe where you want to see yourself in the future. So yeah. So unfortunately, through COVID, um, I've slipped a little bit. I've gone back to my ways of trying to drown my demons instead of facing them. Um, three days left before I get my medication voice. <laughs> so that'll be great. That'll awesome. be great. Um, for those who don't know what I'm talking about, um, when you're dealing with alcoholism, um, you sometimes need some medication to, so you don't go through withdrawal because withdrawal can actually kill you. Um, so it's, I don't want to shit too much on the mental health system or my doctors or anything like that, but it's been about 30 days now waiting on this one phone call just so I can get better. But, Having these two guys by my side has been absolutely great. Curtis fires me up every morning with his Instagram stories. <laughs> great to watch. Thank you, man. No problem. Dude, it's uh, – because, again, I haven't lived what you guys have lived, but sitting from the outside and having my dad go through it and then obviously being so hyper-aware and worried about myself, uh, not only for myself but for my mom's sake, for my brother's sake, you know, just – diving into it because I wanted to do the preemptive work. Right. So I never got to that point that it's in my blood clearly with my dad. So uh, it just makes me think what you just said there. It just makes you think about a lot of these things I think come from obviously not facing your demons and having those demons. Not everybody walks the same path. I haven't gone through the trauma that you guys have. I just haven't. But the only thing I can think of is that that separateness, that's what it builds that we, from what I see is it builds that we think we're separate from others when we go through our demons. Right. And that's really what isolates people. From what I see is we need to just build that community constantly, every day. Like you said, Carson, like it's easy as a, a story to watch of mine, whatever. It makes you feel connected to me. That's one person, a one, one-to-one one connection that inspires you a bit. But that's what like life's about, man. It's connecting with people. We're social beings, feeling part of something, feeling part of something greater than yourself. That's what brings out the best in people, I believe. So that's why I, why I dive into this stuff. But it just proves again with what you said. It's, it's about community. It's about growing together. It's about picking each other up. 
I I'll just jump in quick. I mean, I I talk about it all the time and I mentioned it kind of in the intro where it can't just be one person or one organization. Um, I really believe healing comes with, yes, we have to do it. We have to do it ourselves and we have to take a a look at ourselves. And at the end of the day, you have to be able to look your, look yourself in the mirror, put your head on the pillow when you're alone at night and, and really take accountability for your life. But when you're able to do that and have, you know, the good people around you and the right supports and the people who are educated and, and in a position to actually help and want to help, then things become a lot easier. And that's sort of like with Puck Support and different organizations that built just these communities, even if it's on social media, but it's that's the world we're living in now. And though there's some, you know, dark spots in social media, it also is, a, a you know, brings a lot of opportunities like the one we have right now to, you know, to share our stories and, and Carson, I want to, you know, hear a little bit more from you um, if you, you know, can or are willing to kind of dive into, you know, do you, do you think you know the root of the problem as to why, um, why you're hurting and why you're trying to escape? Um, because uh, I'll just jump, you know, before <laughs> cut you off before you can even answer. Um, I, I, I kind of knew, but I never acknowledged it, if that makes any sense. I just ignored it. And it was almost like it, it just pretended like all this bunch of stuff never happened but deep down i always knew and i could just never get over that hump so uh as much or as little as you want to share you can just say pass as well <laughs> so i mean for me really it, it like i i never went through like real trauma like i never really had like there was no sexual abuse I, like i had a great childhood but um it really goes back to grade three um, when my mom broke her leg falling down the stairs. Um, I was too scared to leave her side. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to go play hockey. I didn't want to go play baseball. I just wanted to protect my mom. And um, it, it, it seems like such a small thing, but it really ballooned into like, I'm, like even still to this day, like I, I don't like my mom doing other things when I can't be around her. Cause I want to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so that was grade three. Um, then had a great childhood. And then, um, what I would call the most trauma of my life would be dropping out of university because of my depression and anxiety. Um, we didn't know what was going on. I was, I was just, I was too deep into the drugs and alcohol at university. I wasn't going to classes. I was way over my head. Um, I was bringing other people down with me. I was forcing them to drink every night. Um, it, it just really wasn't good. Um, got some help, got out of that. And then, like I said, COVID brought me down again. So what what about the covid is it the the isolation because there's that there's a lot of people i I lost friends through through the pandemic who were pretty connected in the recovery community as far as meetings and uh you know going for coffee with people or they had a gym regiment and then when that was taken from them you know some people with multiple years of sobriety uh ended up relapsing and they're no longer with us so is that sort of what you you experienced through covid too is the isolation yeah, it was the isolation and just the constant watching the news, just okay. constantly being in fear, just constantly 
worrying about my family just and my sister was pregnant at the time um i had just lost my grandparents like literally a month before covid hit so it just kind of all hit me at once and i was trying to grieve i was trying to take care of my family and it just it became too much so next thing i knew three beers turned into six six turned into 12 12 turned into 18 and here we are sitting here today dude i mean just shows man like uh when we're young like things that happen in our lives can form such big habits and stuff so thank you for sharing that and that's uh so powerful i just watched something last night where a dude that was having crazy problems in his life all the way up to 50 years old and never figured it out and finally went through a healing experience and found out he'd gone through something that brady had at three years old that he was totally unaware of so it doesn't even matter like how young you are or whatever what doesn't matter your mom falling down the stairs so a lot of people like that goes over their head. But you seem to have such like a big heart, dude. Like you just, you want to constantly take care of your family. You're thinking about them through COVID. You're thinking about your mom because she, she fell down the stairs. Like it's almost like you're uh, too loving in a way. And that's, that's a great thing, dude. That's not the it worst is. thing. It's, that's, that's exactly what it is. It, it's, dude, it's a detriment to be honest with you. Well, it's just like, you know, the whole, I've heard the story of like, you know, a, a girl goes to the, the family, takes the girl to the pet store and gets her a bunny. And on the way home, she squeezed it to death. You know what I mean? Like you can love something too much almost. So that's, that's powerful that you said that, man. And that you're willing to like admit that and on here, because you know, that's vulnerable stuff. And I think that's, that's the stuff that you can turn into that rocket fuel. I like to talk about that. That fuels you for the rest of your life and, and fires you up and you're going to be able to draw on that eventually. I see that for you, man. Yeah, I, I see it too. Um, you know, and, and I've kind of experienced that by just, you know, being vulnerable uh, has allowed so much good to come in my life. And I really believe that'll be the same for you too, Cars. And when I, when I think about trauma, you know, because I share my story uh, quite often to people pretty openly and it's usually the same response. It's like, well, I haven't gone through what you've gone through. And I'm just like, I always just go, whoa, just stop, stop right there. Because, you know, maybe on the outside to you, it looks like what I've gone through is worse, but I really have no idea what, you know, Carson, your mom falling down the stairs and how that triggered and changed your brain and your, your, you know, it, it definitely did something to you. And that doesn't mean that it would do the same thing to me or Curtis or the next guy. So it's all perspective. And I just really think that it's, you know, it's important for all of us, whether it was the three of us talking or people watching, listening to understand that trauma comes in all different forms. And it's not a, it's not like comparing traumas and that, you know, something that looks so minuscule to you might have a detrimental effect to somebody else. And that's what we all need to be a little bit more open about and more compassionate about. And, you know, I see that through the two of you guys, you certainly carry your guys' selves in that way. Um, but, you know, I think all of us still could do better. And, and I hope people listening and watching understand that too. And I, that's always the message that I share. Like at the end of the day, we all just need to do better. Like don't wait for somebody else to come along and do it. Like, let's just, let's just do it. Let's do it as a community and let's all do better. Yeah. Curtis, I'll let you jump off on that one. No, I mean, it's just, it's again, it's just, it's uh, ranking traumas. Like you said, like we're in this society where everyone is just our natural human brains to hierarchies and you want to be, you know, ranking yourself and oh my trauma's worse or he hasn't gone through that. And sometimes like you actually, what you just said there, Brady, like me talking about, Oh, I haven't gone with you guys have gone through, but like you said, everybody goes through their own demons. It just affects them to different levels and different extremes. How can you compare one person's existence to another person's to say that, Oh, somebody's traumas denial. I shouldn't be feeling that way. That shouldn't be that bad. You have no idea. And that's all goes back to people just being individual, not feeling connected to each other. Like we're all the same, man. We are all the same 
human beings are all going through the same stuff. Life is suffering. The only way to get through it is just lean on your people, man. We all have to. Nobody, nobody can do it alone. Not one person. Yeah, I'm like, Curtis, you're good help because uh, just after the uh, Humboldt Broncos crash was when I actually called you. It was just after that. That really destroyed me. Um, I had a lot of survivor's guilt from that. Why these young kids who actually have a promising future instead of me? Because I, I didn't think I had a future. I, I'm still struggling with thinking that I have a future. So that still bothers me so much is why we lost these young lives. And like every school shooting, it's like, yet again, it's like, just take me. Like, why this stuff? Like, these guys are so promising. I'm a shitty human being, I feel. Um, yeah. Well, I, I definitely don't think you're a shitty human being. Uh, you've had, you've, you've had, you know, some shitty things happen and, uh, maybe made some choices that weren't the greatest, but they weren't made off of who you are at all. Right. You're running on, you're running on, on pain and alcohol and drugs at different time in your life. And you can't, you can't honestly judge yourself on, on that. And, you know, I, I, I get survivor's guilt as well, especially when, you know, like a hockey player passes away. Uh, you know, I found out Mitch passed away or Daniel Miner, who I'm really close with their family now. They may be watching right now, um, you know, spend some time with the family. And it's really difficult um, to, to sometimes navigate that. But I'll just say that, you know, you're, you're in a spot now where as long as you're you know, willing to do the work, you know, there's going to be people around you, Curtis and myself, uh, and now others through this show, I guarantee it, that, that are going to be here for you. And, and that's kind of where it starts. And, you know, you being vulnerable here is going to not just help a lot of people who are watching and listening. I know it's already helped them, but you as well. I think this is just the beginning of you maybe really truly figuring out who you are. And once you do that, I'm, I'm sitting here today telling you that less than three years ago, I was in a jail cell with absolutely zero hope and a you know, criminal record longer than I care to talk about. Hadn't seen my family Hadn't talked to my kids, had nothing, was on welfare, didn't even have clothes, legitimately was just an awful waste of life, what I was at the time. And here I can sit here today and tell you that my life is better than it's ever been, better than I could have ever imagined. And, you know, back coaching kids and back on the ice and, uh, you know, speaking and sharing my story and, you know, having an impact on others and, and often being of service to others, as Curtis talked about earlier, is making it, you know, less about me all the time and how can I serve others as well. And, and kind of what that does for us as individuals is pretty remarkable. There's, uh, there's great rewards in doing that. Um, and I, I think, you know, the start of this for you, Cars, is, is here tonight and, um, would love to kind of hear about your plan. So you talk about, you know, medication coming, uh, and I think that's great. And I love that you mentioned about, uh, you know, how dangerous it is to come off alcohol and, and benzodiazepines as well, stuff like Xanax and clonazepam and Valiums. Uh, the alcohol and those class of drugs are actually the, the most dangerous to come off of, though opiates like heroin and fentanyl, it hurts more and you're in physical pain for longer, it's actually dangerous. So if you're drinking a lot or taking any sort of benzos and you're watching or listening to this, just be very careful because your body can go into seizures and that's where you, you can pass away. And my grandpa, my grandpa Barry, he passed away that way uh, at 81 years old, died on the floor of alcohol withdrawal because you know he, he thought he could maybe do it on his own or, or 
whatever happened, we'll never really know, but that's how he passed away. So thank you for bringing that up, Carson. Um, you know, we'd love to kind of hear like what your plans are. Well, you know, obviously the detox is the first step, um, but what are your kind of hopes this time around and, and kind of ideas that maybe you have in your mind that uh, things that maybe you're going to do differently or maybe do the same uh, as has worked for you in the past? Yeah. So after last time, shit was going really well. Um, God, I'm trying to even think of like, it, I can't even, it's hard to even think about the future to be honest with you. Um, hmm. um, yeah. It's hard to even think about the future. Um, yeah. I'm unemployed right now. Um, so getting a job would definitely be one of the major goals, but honestly other than getting sober i don't really have too much of future plans to be honest with you yeah and i i kind of asked that on purpose because <laughs> it, it's hard to even kind even fathom that you talk about that like you can't even picture yourself you know getting out of this at all and it's often moment by moment when you're living in in, in that pain right it's 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 horrible some moments some moments are bearable and uh, some you cry, sometimes you laugh and you don't even know why you're laughing probably. And um, it's just a really tough place to be in. But I, I do believe that there's hope if you're willing to do what you need to do. And I don't have the answers and Curtis doesn't have the answers for what that is, but people can definitely guide you. And I think Curtis made an excellent point that nobody can do this alone. Yeah. And that's, that, that's one thing I've been trying to do is try to build up more of a support group. Um, I reached out to another friend the other day. We played some catch. Um, nice. It was great. Threw my shoulder out. Curtis, you told me not to, but I did anyways. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like at the, as much as it was a lot of fun and we had a great time, I'm so ashamed of it because I had to have 10 beers in me in order to do it. Mm. I, I couldn't just stay sober and go up there and have a good time with them. So like, when I got home, I was like, man, he fucking knew I was drunk. Oh, man, he's probably not going to talk to me anymore because he thought I was drunk. Like, da, 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 da. So, like, that, that's one of the main things. It's just, like, I, I need to get rid of that shame. Like, I, it, it's just, it's guilt and it's shame, and it beats you down every day. Absolutely. Kurt, you want to hop in with anything yeah, I, there? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, uh, yeah, I keep saying I haven't, you know, I haven't lived that, but it's almost like, uh, like being that vulnerable, like, I feel like if you go on to talk to him about tough stuff you're going through, I mean, it wouldn't be, I don't think it'd be a shocker that you still got to do your, have your drinks. Right, man. Like it's part of uh, what Brady's talking about. It's dangerous to, it's dangerous for you to not drink and go and try to be a, a tough guy and talk to him and, and be honest. I think you should be, if anything, you could look at that as a good thing right now, because it's not something you were capable of. So we're trying to, you know, you're trying to stay the status quo until you get your uh, withdrawal meds. And then we can start taking this thing more day by day. But right now you're just trying to stay steady state. And uh, that just shows you, you know, it's tough, man. I, I, my heart goes out to you that you feel that way after, you know, spending some time with someone. It's going to get better, man. I, I truly believe it. I truly know that this support group and the one you're going to build through being on this podcast is going to give you that uh, that support group to, to push through. And when we get those meds, it's going to be a big celebration. We're going to message you and then we're going to take it day by day. Yeah, just I just hop in quick with a couple comments. I think I can't. I haven't been watching all of them, and there's a whole bunch. Uh, but just to the point, uh, Gen G watching says Brady is absolutely correct. Welcome to the tribe. Talking about the community. Uh, also, Elaine Sturk is watching uh, with. I was with her on Saturday night, 
and I'll talk about that later in the show. Uh, she is a mental health nurse and an incredible support. She says, Brady, give him my number. So there wow. you go. You, you know, she's an incredible, incredible lady that will have all sorts of time for you. And I can't even, I speak like, I can't say enough about Elaine. She's incredible. And shout out to her partner, Doug, too, who's on the mend, which is awesome. Doug deserves the horn. <laughs> he's been, he's been, yeah. And Doug's been, Doug's been through the ringer. They're huge supports of puck support and, and other organizations. She has her mental health 365 that she runs down in the Lucan area. And uh, now she's, you know, going to be part of uh, your recovery moving forward, whatever that looks like. So thank you to Elaine. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, one more here. Uh, Marty says, I need just talking, just bringing people into the conversation. I need to be vulnerable, open, honest, honestly and talk with someone about what's going on with my mental health and anxiety i'm doing this alone which is hard uh this isn't the only comment like we've got like this and i'll get to more later um you know so again carson you're not alone and i still struggle on my best days and marty you're definitely not alone so people in the chat as well and myself marty you can reach out to me thank you for watching you've been a big support over here and uh, this this is the this is the reality of the world we're living in and uh, the, the only good thing about this is that people like Carson, like Car Curtis, myself and, uh, you know, Marty here in the conversation, they're, they're, they're ha we're having this conversation. And, yeah. and that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing like that. At least people aren't sitting there like going, well, I'm not going to make a comment here. And, and maybe it's not going to be directly involved with, with the people you think, but just continually showing that vulnerability is so important and sometimes it takes you know takes you know multiple tries to find the right people in the right support network hell it took me like 13 years to do it so um you know i don't think that'll be the case here cars because there's some uh, amazing amazing people that are wanting to surround you and, and walk with you on this journey man so um how do you how do you feel about that when you when you sit there and you think about you know okay here's this uh, this lady who's just willing to help you and and, and people that I'll get to more comments later um, you know saying how your story is going to help people and it's going to help you like how does it make you feel sitting here? It, it's great. Like when when I lost Jake, I was very it was hard that I couldn't help him. So as long as I can help one person with my story, that's all that really matters to me. <clears throat> I love that motto. And that was, that was the, the, if you listen, if anyone listened to the very first episode of my podcast on this crap, I was in a car with a borrowed laptop and crackly headphones. And that was the, that was the same message that I gave when I started my journey was if I can just help one person, then everything will be worth it. And, you know, and, and listen, I, I guarantee that we can, you know, throw it out there. Anyone in the chat, if this has helped them hearing Carson's story, uh, throw right. it in the chat and we'll just confirm that you've already done that. So you're, you know, you're on your way and you know, it's, it, again, it, it there's something to it, right. When you're, when you allow people in and, and just letting go of the things that we want to hide from people, like even you going to, to your buddy there and, and you're essentially sneaking 10 beers. Wouldn't it have felt good to just be like, Hey man, listen, this is the situation that I'm in. I'm going to have to have some beers, but I'm trying to get better and I'm going to get some medication. I apologize. If you don't want to hang out with me, then don't, but I just have to be honest with you. And that, that was a big thing for me is the honesty and accountability piece. Because when you're, like you said, you went home and you're going, you're going, does he know, does he not know? Like that's not a very good feeling, right? Yeah, it was absolutely awful. Like I wish I could have just been honest with him, but I've, 
I, I didn't want him to be like, oh, well, I'm not going to hang out with that guy because I'm, I'm trying to build my support group up. I'm trying to reach back to all those bridges that I've burned over the past 20 years of my life going through this nonsense, right? So it's a process and I, I, I need to be more open and honest with everybody about it. That's the main thing, um, especially like coming up, I'm going to a Jays game in a week. That's going to be really tough for me. That's going to be really tough. I'm going to be a week into this with the meds. It's going to be really tough. I don't know how to go there and not have a beer. It's going to be really hard to do, but I know I need to do it. People, places, and things, man. And uh, that kind of ties into what you said, too, with trying to rebuild these old relationships that you may have burned and that was something that I was always at the forefront of my mind like every time I was like okay I'm gonna get my life back and I'm gonna try to repair this relationship and this relationship and this relationship and that was the case from the moment I tried to get clean the first time in 20 2009 or 2010 whenever it was 2008 and and it was like instantaneously it's like okay well I hurt this person so I gotta fix it and Every single time I was always let down because I didn't really understand how much I had hurt these people and that my actions hurt people. And that just because I'm going to get my life back doesn't mean that they need to forgive me. And so I just want to let you know that there's a lot of people that I care a lot about that were really close to me who still won't talk to me because some of the things that I've done. But having said that, I've accepted that there's nothing I can do to change what I've done. But what I can do is change my actions and my thoughts and my behaviors. And that has opened the doors to just the most incredible support network of people. Like, like there's a lady on the porch outside that just came to Ger from Germany. Who's been watching this show for the last couple of years. She's done pictures for Curtis. She's drew this picture and, and this picture and just 10 minutes before the podcast, on she shows up in the backyard in Gravenhurst so there's people all over the world uh that you know are, are want to be part of and 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 you know and I can say that most of us that are part of this community struggle on our best days like that's just the reality but we're not doing it alone so kind of what I want to you know hit on there is I wouldn't focus so much on repairing all those old relationships as I would just, you know, trying to do the right thing and that the right thing for you and, and not just for you, but look to be part of something bigger and, and just watch what happens, man. There's beautiful things that happens. Like I can't even explain the things that happen. Gifts honestly fall from the sky seemingly every single day. And is it the way that I would have drawn it up? two and a half years ago. Absolutely not. One, I would have never allowed myself to believe that I could get to the position I'm in. But two, I would have, you know, probably written it up with all these people from my past life. And, oh, I'm going to be friends with this person again. And this is going to be my supports. And that's just not the reality. It hasn't been for me. And I know that's the case for a lot of people. But that's okay, because there's just a ton of people out there who are going through or have gone through something so similar to what we're going, what we're, we've gone through and what you're going through that, you know, can have shown us that they can get better and that there is a way out of it. And there's things that we can do and, and we need to do individually, but together as well to make sure that, you know, we can get people back on track. And that's where I'm kind of at with you. Like I'm feeling pretty hopeful sitting here right now and feeling really good about this conversation. Yeah. I'm feeling really good about this too. Like, 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 yeah, there's some people in my past that aren't going to come back into my life, but 
Brady, now you just replaced one of those. So that's how that works, right? Like, hold on. Go- <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like Sid Sixera all of a sudden. No, that's hey, um, listen. <laughs> right now, just to kind of get off topic, I've had, I've had Tim McAuliffe on the show. And while I was in jail for two years out in BC, I would watch Tim and Sid every single day. And it was sort of like the first time that I was like getting back into listening to sports and listening to how they talk about it. And I thought, you know, maybe one day I could, you know, do a story on a podcast or something. And so I, that's why that horn is straight. And I told Tim McAuliffe, I'm like, I stole this right from your show. He's like, he's like, don't worry. We stole it from somewhere else. And then I was like, all right, let's go. So, all right. So sorry. Keep on going, man. Yeah, where the hell was I? Now you got to remind me. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about me replacing. Uh, oh, was- yeah. So, yeah, no, it's just like I can build a new support system. Like I don't have to rely on everybody from the past as much as I want people from the past to come back into my life. If they don't want to come back into my life, that's completely fine. I fucked them over. That's it's completely understandable that they don't want to come back. Like 2017, when my ex broke up with me, like I was looking through pictures the other day. I sent you guys one of the pictures from 2017. Like yeah. I look back at myself and I'm like, I want to, I wouldn't want to be with that guy either. Like, he looks like an absolute mess. And and you were a mess, right? And that's no, I was a mess. That's the thing. That's, yeah. that's okay, right? And that's that's a huge that's a huge thing to be able to look back and 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 see that. And and it seems like you're kind of like really acknowledging that you know your your life obviously isn't the greatest right now, but you're also looking back past that to say, look, it's been a while, and like you're starting to see like starting to see things and starting to put it all together. And it goes back to the accountability piece instead of blaming other people all the time. You know, blaming other people, blaming other people. I'm here because of this i'm here because of that and sure there's incidences that definitely like contribute to that but at the end of the day like we we are responsible for our own lives and we're in we have so much more power in our minds and and we're so much more capable than than what we even believe or what people will let us believe more often than not and so you know when you talk i just keep hearing it in my mind about how you just can't picture your future and you just can't think that it's going to get better and i just i know what that feels like like that is not that is no joke like that is no joke to be sitting sitting there feeling that and you know my heart like curtis said goes out to you but it it also goes out to you like you know you you know you know like seriously like i'm here for you i know curtis is here for you and i just i have a ton of ton of hope uh and just feeling like i feel really good about this show i just feel like we're shooting the shit hanging around and and you know we're getting some comments and people watching but it just really feels like it's the three of us and that's it's been such a like a cool natural conversation less of an interview style like so much so often it is on this show it's been great sitting around the campfire yeah (laughs) that's it that's it. Does but, anybody uh, want to hop in with anything? Uh, I was just gonna say, Carl's like, you know, you got we're talking about a campfire and three people. I know we shared some texts about that stuff. Like, uh, did, do you know if parents are watching? Your mom's tuning in, or how's that uh, going with your family? Like, what's bring that into the discussion? Bring them into the um, campfire. Yeah. So yesterday, sat down with my mom and went through some timelines. I got all my notes here. Working rights. <laughs> So uh, we had we had a great open chat. Um, of course, my dad was just being his normal self and just being a pain in the ass. But you know, he's being himself. Um, yeah, I mean, my my family's a good support group, but they're not the greatest support group. Uh, 
they got probably their own traumas. What was that? They got their own traumas, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, shout out to my therap- therapist, Jennifer Feeble. Um, I used to call my dad a robot. Um, but she made me realize that he's not a robot. He just has so much trauma of his own. If he ever taps into it, he would be done for. And that's the thing. If you hide trauma for so long, if you had it for so long, if you, if you try to go outside of your realm and finally face it, it's going to hit you right down as hard as you've ever been. And some people just aren't ready to face that. Yeah. And I think, I think too, like parents, like they just grew up in a different time, right? Like men, like men were not supposed to cry for our parents, you know, in that era, you know, born in the fifties, sixties, even like seventies, like men, even still like, come on, let's be honest. Like there's still that, that stigma behind men crying, not like it used to be. But so I think, you know, I have very similar things with my dad and sorry, dad, but I'm pretty open about this with, and on the show, you're like just feeling like really reserved. And, you know, my dad went through a lot with me, you know, having to search for me on the street and all the stuff in the hockey rinks and the papers and all that. And never mind, he was a firefighter and had to deal with 35 years of trauma and drug overdoses and everything at work. But uh, I remember sitting there like thinking like, well, I want I want my dad to be like, more like more engaged to like what I'm doing and like more forgiving. And, and it was like, maybe he doesn't love me, but you know, to your point, Carl, say it's, it's just that is that people, you know, parents included carrying trauma. We can't expect anyone to, to be anything, right? Like we don't have that, that kid, like we can hope, but we have to do a better job understanding of maybe why instead of being like, Oh, just assuming, okay, well it's this reason, but really what's the real reason that, that, you know, your, your dad's feeling like that, or my dad's feeling like that, or anyone for that matter is going through anything uh, at, you know, for what they're going through, sorry, at any given moment, it's, I mean, it, it's just starts with being vulnerable again and having that conversation. And that's something that I should probably talk to my dad a little bit more instead of having surface conversations all the time, like dig in a little bit more and, you know, yeah. so I'm guilty of it too, right? Have those conversations, have those conversations with your parents, man. I don't have a dad, so frick. I would do some crazy stuff to be able to have that conversation with my father now as a grown man. Right. And I, my mom became my mom and dad. So in a way, you know, Carson, you've lost people in your life. I lost my dad. My mom became mom and dad. So we have a bond like no other mother and son. So that's just how it works. Things are going to happen. People come in and out of your life, but talk to your parents, man. Talk, have those hard conversations. The best thing you could do. It's the best thing you could do. And shout, uh, sh- sorry. Shout out to your mom, Kim, because she's, she's great. Kim. Love yeah, like she's been great to me too. And I just I see you guys together and you guys are incredible. Like I love it. She said that she saw you around Owen Sound. She said she should have had your number and got you to stop by or something. So next time. Yeah, I'm actually there every Friday night for the next month. So there you go. There you go. We'll Give her a text right now, Curtis. <laughs> Listen, there's there's some there's some good hockey players up there. There's this couple of young kids that are probably there's one for sure that'll probably go in the first round of the O next year. Like he is nasty, nasty. <laughs> So yeah, I'm, on the new market kids. Yeah, well, then, yeah, those kids down there, <laughs> like next level usually is what they say, right? But yeah, shout out to your mom. She's obviously done a tremendous job raising you, Kurt. There's no question about it. But again, definitely, you know, you know, can't imagine what you went through at a young age, and 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 lucky for you that you had your mom, and now you have your mom. That relationship with your mom, I know it's so important to you, and and so important to your mom as well, and um. 
it's hard though to have those conversations never mind with your parents with or with anyone but i mean i'm just trying to picture myself have that conversation with my dad and it's like i build up this yeah okay i'm gonna do it and then the time comes i'm like uh no no you know like so i think like and i have no problem like saying that like so many people like i think they sometimes think like oh like he doesn't struggle or he's got to figure it out or whatever and then people meet me and i'm like yeah i'm not that exciting like i'm not that put together like i am just a guy who struggles every single day to, you know sometimes i can't even remember what i'm doing half the time like no joke and and that's it and it's like every single day at some point in time in the last two and a half years and obviously before that i've struggled with different things and there's days when i'm just like oh i still have suicidal ideations and i don't know why something will be going so good in my life and i'll be like i should just open the door and jump out of this car right now i'm like whoa like why are you even thinking that like you know so like that's something that i lived with for like a really long time was i just couldn't shake that and they're they're not as frequent as they used to be but when it happens it's like holy shit like you know i still have that in me where you know even though like i have all this good stuff like going on and like on most days i feel good when i'm on the ice i feel really good but most days it's like a lot going on there's still that darkness even though i've you know continually worked through my trauma and i acknowledge what's happened to me but i still feel like there's more down there and that this is just going to be an ongoing process and that's something that i just have to stay on top of for the rest of my life it's not like tomorrow i wake up and i'm like oh i'm cured or this no it, it has to be like vigilant and self-aware and and accountability and people calling you on your shit right like that's a big thing everybody wants to have people around that are telling them hey good job this and that letting them do whatever they want and that's not real friendship like that's just not real friendship yeah so i i I just want to bring up like one thing here. So like what you're saying, like you, this, this stuff's never going to go away. Right. Like I'm going to have, I'm going to, I'm not going to be necessarily suicidal every day, but like I am going to have those thoughts. That's how my brain is programmed. I am going to have those thoughts. So like I straight up and went and got a monkey tattooed on my back because I just can't get rid of it. So that's just, it's my call, my little anxiety buddy. It's just like, I'm always going to have that monkey on my back, but when I'm having a bad day, I can just pat it and be like, pat myself on the back. There we go. Me and my monkey, we got this. Yeah, you tra you tra training your monkey, and then you're good. Like it'll be a <laughs> yeah. Like if my if my dad had to reach out and had a conversation with someone, he'd still be alive today, and he'd still be a gambling addict. That would not have changed. Uh, and that's uh, for everything I learned about this stuff as well. It's, it's exactly what you guys said. It's not changing. It's not going anywhere. It's just when you get better at dealing with it, you get better at being more disciplined with it. And it's uh. <sighs> I, I can't be careful sometimes. Sometimes I go on this stuff and I can be kind of obtuse. Um, I'm just very direct person and very blunt and stuff. But like, I don't know if you can speak on this, maybe Brady. I know I can in my own version in my own way, but like suffering ends up being what makes life worth living. If that makes sense. I, I don't know how that's. Pressure makes weird. diamonds. Dude, that's what it's about, man. And um, even just relating it on less serious stuff as like a pro hockey player every day. There's things I don't want to do every day or whatever, all the things, but staying disciplined on that. God, do you feel so good when you do it every day? And I know that has to relate when you go to what you guys are going through. You know, like I have two journals. I meditate twice a day. I'm doing all these things. And if I don't do them, my thoughts get going, but I love doing it. And I think embracing that suck, even though it's like exactly what every cell in our body tells us not to do. That's what makes life so like worth living. So worth living, dude. 
is this my brother and, and we talked about my mom but my brother's a huge influence on me as well there's some things that he goes into that we've talked about off air or whatever but there's this guy named alan watson he talked about you know if you could have any dream and dream it every night for 75 years you would you know you go into your dreams and you get to go be a pro hockey player brady you get to live that out you get to go do this maybe i'd want to be a dj another life or whatever you get to live all these dreams and for about a week you'd live 75 years in your dreams every night live every life you've ever wanted and then one one, one day you'd be like you know what i want a little spontaneity so let's let's throw a little uh throw a little curveball into the dream this time and eventually you dream it out dream it out and you'd end up right back in the life that you're living right now because that's the best life there is you never know what's coming around i don't know what's gonna happen the next moment it's so exciting man it's so abundant and when you get on this stuff and you put the work in, I'm telling you, it makes life so worth living. And I know that's both that's coming for you, Carson. I know that's coming for you. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I, it's like for some people, they hear that and they're like, well, this, that's crazy talk. No, it's not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you haven't figured it out yet, because the way the world works is like Curtis said, it's, it's abundant and it's just about unlocking unlocking it and and really figuring out who it is you are. I really believe deep in your soul and what your core values are and what a purpose is. And when you align those things, they, they find a way to just work. And sometimes it's not like, Oh, you're going to be a billionaire or whatever, but it's so much more than that. Money is nothing. Like what is, what is the purpose here in life? Like what are you doing to make this world a better place and leave an impact on others? And, and, yeah, I just, I think, I just can't keep thinking, stop thinking about, you know, you saying about the, the, the future for you. And again, like, I don't, I don't think it serves us well to think about the future because like Curtis said, you never know what's coming around that next moment. So we got to stay present right here. But by doing that, that's going to unlock all those doors that you're, you can't even imagine, Carson, if you stay on the right path and start doing the work just the incredible things that will happen. And I just want to get to one comment from Graham Bonner, uh, who is also on the, the chair for puck support. He is a former OHL superstar. This guy scored like 66 goals one year in the O and 56, another won uh, the Memorial cup uh, with the Sioux Greyhounds and Bob Probert uh, back in the late eighties. And he is now a trauma specialist. He's been clean and sober for over 25 years himself. And he works in a treatment center. Uh, he says, everyone processes their trauma differently under under proper care, safety, empowerment, connection, the key to healing. And he says, and sometimes people will just never release their pain. That That is a shame. I'm still working on my stuff after 27 years. Sorry, Bones, 27 years. And uh, he says, always have a safe place to reach back to and progress rather than perfection. And I think that's a really important message because it's ongoing. And, you know, we, we will have hard days. We will have struggles. We may fall down, but it's about how you pick yourself back up and, and, and trying to figure out how you're not going to fall from that same mistake again. Yeah. Like I'm trying to pick myself back up. That's why I reached out to Curtis. Cause I know he's got the fire. I know he's going to hold me accountable. Um, yeah, Brady, I hope you hold me accountable too. It's going to be a journey for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you have that from me for sure. And, and Curtis, you can hop in and maybe jump in here and I'll say something after. I just can't help but see like, you know, once you get your stuff together, the highest form of living is in service to others. That's what I've learned. It's the highest. That's what all of us can always come back to. That's what you're, that's how we're supposed to do. So 
I mean, dude, if your literal problem you deal with is basically boiled down to you have too big of a heart, you know, think about what you could turn that into. Like it's limitless. It's actually limitless. You could, you could be heading your own foundation, had your own non-for-profit like Brady one day. You could be doing infinite amount of things. And man, that fires me up so much sitting here because we all are, we're all unique in our own way, dude. You have powers. Everybody has a, you're here for a reason, bro. Everybody has a reason and you're here for it, bro. You're, you're, you're going to fulfill it. My therapist has said from the beginning that she really thinks that I'm going to be, end up being a therapist. She thinks that I have the drive for it. She thinks I have the heart for it and she thinks I have the passion for it. So I don't really believe her, but this is like, when I told her I was doing this podcast, she was like, I fucking told you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess you did. You did say I was going to help somebody someday. So exactly. And I will, but last thing for you, Jimmy Brady, like, I was talking about affirmations. Like I have affirmations. I have a freaking script. It takes me 34 seconds to run through. I sit first thing I open my eyes. I'm saying, I'm saying on my drive to the gym, saying you got to say things before they become, before they're real. I'm saying things that aren't real yet. That's what I say to myself every day. They're just not, they're not here yet, but I'm going to, by constantly saying it, I'm believing it. I'm programmed. You talk about your brain's programmed, your monkey brain. You always have it with you. You can do the work, put it into change that. Like you could be sitting here saying, I'm going to help people. I'm helping people right now. You could do, I'm going to be a therapist. I could do whatever, but saying things before they're happening is so powerful. Absolutely. Uh, and, and having those affirmations, having pictures too, like things like that have been, um, I really want to share this story, but it's just, I can't right now because it is <laughs> not the right time. But the, like the most incredible thing that's happened since I started my whole journey happened and it sort of has that tie in and I'll share it with you guys after, but it's related okay. to my son who I haven't seen in many years. So it's, uh, you know, but just, yeah, it, it's, it's just the power of, of manifestation and, and that positive reinforcement. I really believe I saw, I saw this on social media the other day, just a clip of this lady talking who I think it was from years ago, like the seventies yeah, or sixties. Yeah. I, I know her Who's name. I've been on that stuff lately too. Like, I can't remember what, her name, but I know what you talked about. Yeah. Like I saw that and she's like, once you figure out that we're here to create and, yes. and energy, right? energy, yeah, and manipulate the energy and create and, and find your like purpose, then that's, you know, essentially where you find happiness and what the meaning of life really is. Yeah, and people talk about manifesting like, oh, you can't just like, you know, they think it's like a pseudoscience where you can't just say thing and it's going to happen. Obviously not. By constantly saying it, you lay the groundwork to then you start noticing things, you're picking up on things, and then you put the work in. Um, people talk about manifesting is crazy. What do you think imagination is? It's the same thing. What did, um, you, who put uh, man on the moon? They had an idea about it first. They were going to put something on the moon. How long did it take? Years and years. It did all the, like, it t- like you have to think about something before you can make it into reality. Manifesting isn't some law of attraction bulk. It's like, it's, it's, it's just straight up imagination. It's how everything's created. Everything came, everything we see around us came from the human brain, the human thought first. Uh. Yeah. Like one thing that I'm trying to manifest definitely is peace. I want to find peace. That's like, I'm not even looking for happiness at this point. Mm. Cause it's been so long. I'm just looking to be at peace. Frick yeah, dude. That's and great. that's, 
Yeah, I think that's a great first step. Like finding peace is so important because then when you find peace, you can, I, I believe that's where you find the real healing when you can actually just be peaceful with yourself and you're not like peace to me is like not fighting my own demons all the time and having this constant battle in my head of saying, I'm not good enough or you're a piece of shit. You don't deserve this. You don't deserve that. You, you'll never be this, you, you know, and I had that my whole life, even through hockey and it, it debilitated my hockey career. Never mind that it was more the stuff outside of hockey that was more important. But I, I mean, it's really powerful uh, on how we, we, you know, treat ourselves. And if we can pay attention to those thought patterns and start to replace all those negative, all that negative self-talk with, with something more positive and re reinforcing. And then you couple that with, you know, guys like myself or Curtis who are there for, for you or, or anyone out there who's there for somebody. So once you're able to start recognizing, I'll tell you an example, like I, you know, I try to live the best, like I really try to be a good person. And naturally I'm a pretty damn good person. I can say, I just have that heart. Like I, I always have been that way. Even when I was a drug addict, that was like the most giving drug addict of all time, like giving stuff out. And people are like, are you sure? Like, cause everyone in that world was like holding stuff back. And I'm like, here, just take it, take it, take it. Right. But like now I forgot what I was going to say because I've had so many concussions and I get blindsided <laughs> there. That's just what happens. I, I lose my train of thought, but it'll come back to me. It's an happiness. I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up. But here, yeah, let's, do little up. Experiment. let's do a little experiment. So Cars, you're a big hockey guy. You understand the game. So right now I'm a free agent, right? First time I didn't sign in the first couple of days, you know, weighing options, trying to figure out what's best for me. What would you tell me how I should approach, approach the situation right now? Oh shit, man. I was honestly, I would say sign the first deal. <laughs> That's all you're going to say. I have, I have a weird opinion about what I think about your future. So I don't know if you want to get into that or not. Okay. Well, just, I'm trying to get at, what would you tell me if you're just like, you meet me on the subway and I'm like talking to you about my this and that. And what, what, what would you say as someone I've obviously played a long time. What would your advice to be to keep a mindset? What would your advice be? See, I absolutely suck at this. I'm just, I, I've got no response, man. I can hop in if yeah, you want. I want Carson too, though. I want Carson. You, come on, Let's dude. You know the game. What should I focus on? What, what do I got to do? You just got to put, give it 110% effort, man. Like, I don't, like, I'm just going to give hockey cliches here, man. Like, <laughs> give, me them. give me them. Give me them. Put the pucks in deep. Like, <laughs> man, like, the that's the thing. Like, I know you work your fucking ass off. Okay. Say you don't know me. Say you don't know me. You met. You meet Joe Schmo. He's a pro hockey player. He doesn't have a contract now. He's like, you know, I got to keep focused. Uh, you know, what kind of encouragement are you, give, are you giving him? Just work with me here. You're putting too much pressure on me, man. <laughs> what I'm getting at, though, is that I know you in a natural conversation where you're not thinking about it. You would. You have a big heart. You'd be like, dude, you've played pro hockey this long. Don't don't be stressed. Don't be worried about it. Just focus on what you can. Be in the present moment. Work hard. Anyway. What I'm getting at is that's how you're supposed to talk about yourself. For so long, I talk to myself as myself, and we're the, our hardest critics, right? So one of my main part of my mantra is uh, present positive process over expectation outcome from a friend. I always add this from a friend part because it's a key for me to always talk to myself as if I'm talking to a friend. I can give you and Brady the best advice. I give my mom, my brother the best advice. But when it comes to myself, sometimes I'm way too hard on myself. So that talking to yourself thing, what you were saying, and you know, you just want – you're negative to yourself. Like that's, that's how I approach it. Anyway, if I can give a technique, maybe or something, I talk to myself as a friend. I don't know if that applies to someone that's going through what you're going through, but just sharing. 
I think it does. I think because it's really easy to get caught in a cycle of that guilt and shame and almost remorse, especially when you're you're coming into recovery early, like Carson's going to be doing. And sometimes when we don't have, you know, the drink or the drugs to help mask all of that, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and all this shit, and you're like dealing with all the, the aftermath of the things you've done or the things you've maybe lost because of the way you were, it can be, it can be just it can be really hard. So if you're not able to kind of change that thought process while navigating through that and, and being at a place of forgiveness for yourself and forgetting about everyone else forgiving you, like you got to, in my opinion, forgiving yourself and understanding who you, who you are in your heart. And I think, you know, that shines out here in this conversation and through ones we've had over the past couple of weeks. And I know there's no way in hell Curtis would have called me and been like, Hey man, I have a friend. Can we bring him on the podcast? Like it just, it wouldn't have, you know, if you were a shitty person, Curtis wouldn't have made that phone call and he's known you for a long time. So it's great to hear what other people say about us. But like Curtis said, it, if we're not treating ourselves with kindness and respect and, and dignity, really, then how, how do we, how do we move forward? And again, Oh, I know what I was going to say. See, came back to me. I'm like, a, I'm like a, like one, like a squirrel, you know, like see something shiny. I'm like, Oh, uh, and now I forgot. No, the process to, I see, I forgot now. See, I should not see. That's what happens. You get cocky. And it's like, Hey, Hey, don't get cocky. Just, just stay humble. And I'm sure it'll come back to me again. <laughs> yeah, just talk to yourself. Like if you, if you're not going to, if you're maybe you're in that place that you can't, if you're not in that place, you can't speak to yourself as a friend, then you've got to put us in those shoes. Right. Like, so when yeah. you're, you have those negative thought patterns, it becomes maybe your affirmation is something like when I'm, when I have a thought, what would Brady Curtis say that whatever, whatever works, it's, it's from a friend, you know what I mean? Like it's from that outside perspective because our inside perspective, you get so clouded by it the shit we're going through. So maybe that's a way to put it. That's the way it works for you. If you're not that, you know, you're so deep in it, you're like, frick, I don't want to hear myself talk. I hear somebody else talk. That's what fires me up. What would they say? What would they, how would they approach this? How would I do that? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I know for sure with that throughout the next month, two months, three months, whatever this process is going to look like for me, Curtis, you're going to be pissed at me, Brady. You're probably going to be pissed at me. Like I want that from you guys. Like I, I, I like, I expect that from you guys. I want you guys to take it hard on me. Like, I don't want an easy way out of this. I want, I want to do it. Yeah, that's good, man. That's good. well, that's good, 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 good thing because I'll be honest with you, there is no easy way out. But anything worth anything in this life is worth working for, and that certainly starts here with your recovery. And uh, you know, I, I think I don't know. We've been going for an hour and ten minutes, but I think we'll have to do like a, a second part to this. Are you guys good for time for a little bit, or should we wrap wrap up? And, I'm good. I'm good till nine. Good. So let's let's get to some a couple uh, comments here from Darren Bruff uh, from want to say went to the city. I'm so bad. I'm not from here. It's somewhere down near Newmarket area. Uh, Darren, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, he says, Carson, this is your first step to living the life you truly deserve. You're on your way. Doing this podcast is your turning point. You got this and Darren is a friend of the show and also somebody who's been open about his recovery he's got multiple years clean and sober himself so shout out to that Darren. horn hit that Darren. horn for Darren right there let's go hit the horn <laughs> yeah Darren um Brody Kerberson uh I says I understand exactly what you're saying there Kurt 
For the longest time, I could easily boost others and send positive messages. However, would constantly be in my own head about doing the exact opposite. He also says, once we start to treat ourselves with love and respect is when things really start to change for the better. And Brody is uh, one of my best friends as well. He's down in Angus. Just stayed at his house the last couple of nights, and he's been uh, really helping me coach. And he's the assistant coach with my my hockey skills development. And um, thanks for all your support, Brody. And well said. It's awesome, man. Can you there's, see how many people? Can you see how many people are watching this right now? Uh, there's 32 people watching this live right now, and they'll probably be they'll be by tomorrow. They'll be like two or three thousand views between all the audio and everything else. That's usually pretty standard for this show. And the thing about it is, it, it, it's nice because a lot of people that are watching and listening, it's not nice because people are struggling, but right. essentially everyone that's listening or watching this, like we all have a connection in some form, right? And it's people that are looking for hope and and people that have been able to be vulnerable, whether it's people like yourself, Carson, and, and in many times you, Kurt, on this show to come on and be vulnerable. But as you see, even in the live chat, there's there's people that, you know, make connections here and, uh, you know, or start to support each other just based off this live show. Uh, Etobicoke, Brady, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Etobicoke, actually, I, but I I just thought for some reason I was confusing with Kendra Fisher, but she lives there as well. Um, let me see. There's a couple other comments here that I didn't And we're to. all connected. You know, like 32 people are watching, but it's just other people are living their lives doing the thing, but every single person goes through this in some way, shape or form, whether you can clinically diagnose it or subclinic, it's not, you know, subclinical, every single person, man, woman, every, nobody's going to live a life where they don't go through ups and downs and suffering. It's just literally part of the gig of being born into this life. You know? Yeah. It's just like, how it is. It's literally a fucking roller coaster. There's no way around that. It's literally a roller coaster. Regardless of who you are, life is a roller coaster. But it's it's how do we how do we enjoy that ride? Like even in the hard times and, and the struggles, it's like how do you find gratitude? Like because for me, that's something that I'm really uh, getting much better at. And let me jump in because I remember what I'm going to say. I'm not going to be cocky. Is we I was talking about earlier about like keeping myself accountable and like how I was naturally like a good person. But there's certain things where like now I'll be. Like out, for example, and I'll think something in my head or even say it out loud to somebody, not so much out loud anymore, but like in judgment of somebody else or something. But then I'll catch myself right away where it's like, no, like you shouldn't say that. Or like, you know, even something is like walking past a piece of litter on the ground. It's like, I, you know how many times I've walked past it and walked like a good distance away and then just have this fight with myself and be like, oh, fuck's sakes. And then I got to go back all the way back and I'm picking it up. And it's just like these, these little intricacies that I am able to acknowledge in my own mind and, and recognize. And then maybe I don't always do the right thing right away, but now at least having that filter to say, Hey, no, stop. This isn't in line with what like your mission and why, what your values are and everything else. So it's, it's, that's sort of like the being vigilant part and, and, relates so much to everything that we've talked about here but understanding what you know our thought pro process is and when those negative thoughts come in or when you know something negative comes in how do, how do we deal with that what's our response instead of like beating up on ourselves and carrying into that negativity actually finding that power to stand up and be like no this doesn't align with 
with who I am. And this doesn't align with what makes me feel good. And that's something that's been like a real big process my entire life to get here. Cause I was not a very good person, like for in a lot of, a lot of accounts for a long time, but it's because I was outside. I really believe it was outside of who I really was and what my morals and values were. And I had no idea who I was. And once I was able to figure that out, then like Curtis talked about, things just started to happen. Things just started to align and I figure out who I am. And, and I can't, again, I can't tell you how many gifts there have been that have seemingly fallen from the sky that just unexplainable stuff. And I know that's going to be the case for you, Carson. Dude, that's real, man. I was with my mom at Calling Pride. She was probably listening to this right now. She's going to laugh. We were talking about all this type of stuff, basically, that when you align yourself and being your true self, things just start happening. And I was saying this stuff, and then some woman came up to us out of nowhere and started talking about exactly what I was saying. My mom literally stopped and looked at me in the conversation and was like, whoa. Like, dude, it's crazy. That's why I think it's so like life's so exciting and spontaneous when you start focusing on those right things and that's that's the path that's coming for you uh, Carson it's I'm so fired up for you dude yeah like I'm I, like I'm just starting I mean not just starting it's been like a two three month process but just like being more aware I know Curtis you would probably say it's more present than being aware but I like to say aware just of like what's going on in this moment like okay so I can, I can feel my anxiety peaking up right now I'm aware of it why is that happening check my surroundings become aware of that you, you're going to say present but i'm going to stick with aware but like it, it, it it's it's really changed a large part of my life over the past three months is just like okay i'm aware that i have this drinking problem i'm aware yes. that i have this drug problem i'm aware yes. that i need to do this and it's just like rather than being overwhelmed i'm just trying to be aware at the present moment yes and being aware is the first step right brady like the first time that's the first thing you gotta when you can sit there and see it because I could go in a whole rabbit hole of stuff that I learned, but I, that's literally all I do is I train and I, I work on this stuff because I find it so fascinating. Like you noticing that because you're the, you're the observer and your anxiety is the object, you are technically not it. You realize that, right? Like if you're able to sit there and see it, that's an object subject relationship. Just like the sun is it, like, would you ever say the sun is the same thing as the bowler it shines on? Anything the sun shines on is something that it's separate from. It's an subject-object relationship. So you are not that anxiety, even though it's a part of you and it's a pattern. Like the fact that you can just sit here and you just said you can see that coming, that's a huge indicator, man. That awareness is a massive part of it. So that's huge that you're thinking that way. I'm trying. <laughs> oh, it's, and, and I, it's, it's, that's what it is. It's step-by-step -step increments. I mean, I've talked about – if you follow me or whatever, I talk about meditation all the damn time. I mean, you want to talk about mental health and Brady and how this is an epidemic and it's awful. Like, dude, we got to get people meditating, man. I'm telling you, it changes everything, everything. I can't understate it. I can't. You got one of these? How I feel about it because it's impossible. You got the little, little ohm thing there. Yeah. Little, uh, synchronize your sound. There you go. Yeah. Do you meditate or are you just finding your this awareness on your own? Just finding my awareness on my own. Okay. Well, think about, think about. You're finding it on your own, but think about like you go to the gym to work out your get bigger arms. Meditation is literally like the only thing you have to do. Like at the gym, you got to train your legs, you got to train this, you got to do this whole ensemble of a workout. Meditation is just the simplest, most boring thing, and it is it grows every aspect of your mental ability, acuity, awareness, everything, everything. It's like a gym all in one, and everybody can do it from anywhere at any time, any place. 
Yeah, you should I know I don't go to the gym, good. man. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, but, but Carson, I don't go to the mental, mental or physical gym. <laughs> Carson, what what do you do for you? Like we we talk about, you know, for me, I love being on the ice, and it was a long time away from the game. Even not the game, never mind the game. Just being in the community, being on the ice, that free that freedom on the ice is just. I can't even describe it to people. And I hope everyone out there can find something that makes them feel that way because it's just incredible. But what is it for you? You think moving forward, like what's something that you can do for, for you once, you know, once you get through the detox, like, is there, are there things like that, you know, are a part of you and you know, they're a part of you and they haven't been a part of your life because you've been down this road. Like you, you there's so much in there that probably you haven't explored, but also things that you know, that are, bring you immense joy and happiness and just peace. And you talked about peace earlier. Um, you know, is there anything that you kind of have an idea of, like maybe you want to get back doing something? Um, not back, but I would, I like to think I'm a funny person and I, I would like to do some stand up comedy. I think that would actually be, even if I suck and bomb, it would just be getting out in front of people and building that confidence and just being like, yeah, you know what? I bombed, but I went out in front of 30 people and I did this shit. Yeah. That's, no. That lights your fucking world on fire, dude. That's something to get excited about. Like, that's something to oh, shit. That's freaking sweet, dude. I couldn't imagine. Like, my Ian's all like that. That's crazy, though. I, all the best comedians bombed and stuff, man. You never, you yeah. never know where I can take you. Yeah. And like that. Yeah. But now you just, you just opened a huge can of worms here because now i'm gonna be bugging you about him like so have you started to think about that like <laughs> like when can we set up something like when you're ready like it's all it all happens and we we now live in a time where it's doing stuff like that and creating and and it, it's so much more accessible and it's so exciting and like you know and maybe maybe things don't go as well as we hoped out the time but it doesn't matter you just keep trying and like curtis said every single comedian that i've heard of and i listen to a lot lot of joe rogan and he has all the comedians on there and they talk about it all the time like bombing a set even now when they're like professionals they're like oh i just didn't this wasn't clicking or whatever but if everybody you know just quit after you know failing once nobody would be accomplishing shit yeah, here on this shit. planet nobody do anything that's so true that's so right true. like we all suck or we are all not very good at it or we're not all polished at something like curtis is you know a pro hockey player it's not like he woke up at five years old and was like good enough to play in the nhl like no, come on he's a better baseball player than he was a hockey player growing up oh yeah. you want to <laughs> baseball's too boring though i didn't get the blood going no <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're no, so no. you're so right dude man it's I've always, I don't know, maybe it's come naturally for me. I don't know if I'm fortunate. I don't know what it is, but I just found you just find something you're passionate about. Like you don't even have to, like, you can make a list of and whatever number one is. You don't even think, like, maybe you half like it, like maybe the comedian thing, like whatever. You just run at it. You run directly at it and you fail. And if it doesn't go well, you learn, okay, you know, is this not for me? Great. You go to the next thing. You run right at that. It'll direct you to the right thing. But if it lights your world on fire and, like, no, like I, I was, I'm not good, but I know I can be good at this. And you have that inner belief and then you run right at that. And if you get diversion and you run right at that. Me and my brother talk about this all the time. Just run right at your passion. And everybody's talked about, you know, you got to be so, everybody wants to be so good. They want to be successful. People just see the tip of the iceberg. What makes it fun and all the cliches true is the process is the destination. Like the, the, the present is the goal. That's what makes it fun. If you had a cheat code, and you could, like I said, it was just the same thing analogy with the dreaming. You have a Chico, you go play in the Blue Jays and be as good as Vladdy Guerrero and hit three home runs. That would get boring in like a week because it's <laughs> like automatic. Like you play GTA Grand Theft Auto with the Chico, it's so boring. 
you got to go live it and you got to go experience it and ride that wave. Yeah. Like I've failed so many times at this point that like failure to me doesn't bother me. It's just like, yeah, if I fail again, it is what it's going to be. Like I gained up the courage to ask my neighbor on a date the other day and she rejected me. And I was like, you know what? Let's go! Hit the button! Hit the horn! I was just like, I don't care. It's like, whatever. I got rejected. Yeah, that was Johnny Townsend's sister. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you, dude. That's awesome. That's That's, that's vulnerable. You're being vulnerable. And like, you know, you're putting yourself out there and that's, that's huge. Like, honestly, that's, that's so big. And regardless if she rejected you or not, it doesn't matter. It's still like what you talked about doing the stand-up comedy. At least, you know, you got out there and you tried and you did it right. And that's more than most people can say. I just want to hop in quick with a couple of comments here. Uh, Darren also says being aware present, being aware present and taking it day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute is key. He says he's also just started to meditate the last couple of months and finds it tremendous helps tremendously with his anxiety. Um, there's definitely like, I know Curtis, you're not just talking keep going. about keep, here. keep going. You got to get through like four five, six months. And then it just starts going. The benefits just start going like this. It's a, sh- it's a shitty first while, but you just keep going. It just goes crazy after that. Yeah. Uh, Sandy Meeking says, loving yourself is the first step to living your true life. I agree with Curtis and Brady said about forgiving yourself. You can do anything you put your mind to Carson. She Thank also you, says, that is fantastic, Carson. I went back to school at the age of 55 with a brain injury. It is all in your state of mind, she says. Susan from upstairs says, need a comedy night here on Hockey Dell and back. We are <laughs> your support, Carson. And uh, Elaine, hey, once again, saying. Anthony, Anthony Stewart runs our skates right now, Matt Nichols. So I got a direct connection. I know Elliot Friedman. Like, bro, you start, <laughs> opening, you start opening doors. Like, let's go. I know Jeff Merrick and all these guys. He knows Tim McCallum. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Stewart was just on my show two guests ago, actually, too. The big rig. He's out there running the pro skates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we can talk about that in a bit if you want, but I thought we we're staying away from the hockey stuff. So that's why I haven't asked you much about it. Um, Darren is asking, though, he's got a question for you. He says, Curtis, how long are your meditation sessions? I've, I've, I mean, you just learn as you go. At one point, I was thinking that you can only if you do 20, you have to do 20 every day, no matter what. Like, every, you know, life is so fluid and stuff. So really, I try to just get in right now, like two a day or one big one. So it could be like 45 minutes or it could be like two 20 minutes. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. Okay. I, yeah, it's something I need to do more of too. Like just the, again, sitting with yourself, right? With no distractions. There's I'm uh, a lot of people want to do that. My problem with that is I'm so scared of myself, right? Like that's the thing. I'm scared of my own brain that I don't want to sit there in silence for 20 minutes. I'd rather have CNN on than sit there in silence. <laughs> After you just said at the beginning of the show how horrible the news was. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's so think build-up. about that. That's the yeah. buildup, though, right? That's the buildup. You're on like we can't. You don't just start everything all at once. You're getting your meds soon. Then it's the start buildup every day. We don't take on more than we can, but when it gets to that point where maybe you've uh you're, you know you're, you're sober a bit more you're dealing with you know stuff with your therapist a bit more i know we've talked about some other things you start facing that stuff then that's something that you can start incorporating it's all a step-by-step process but it makes total sense man that you wouldn't want to sit with that stuff right now i totally get that yeah it's again progress not perfection 
Uh, Igor watching, I'm not sure where Igor's from, but says, just wanted to say that this is such a great channel. I'm so glad I am watching this again. Igor, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for watching. And it's, uh, it's all the guests. Uh, it's, it's the conversations on this show. I'm just driving the bus, but the, the attractions are always the ones that are on the bus with me. So, uh, without people like Curtis and Carson. Oh, here go. Shut up, dude. You're freaking the star, bro. You're the one that we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, dude. You're the That's one that true. came from Hastings to this damn show right now. You're the reason we're talking, so I'm not gonna I'm hit the horn for yourself. Let's go, fire it up. All right, only because um, Dean Smeal, his brother, is the uh, the president of the Vancouver Canucks. Stan Smeal, I always mention that because I grow, I still picture myself in the Canucks arena, and he was the only jersey that was retired in Vancouver for the longest time. Number twelve, Stan Smeal, his brother Dean. Congratulations is in order. He's engaged to to his uh, fiance Shauna. Congratulations, Dean. You get the horn too. <laughs> Uh, it says, great show, fellas. Love you, Dino. You're top bunk. That's an inside joke with us from St. Paul, Alberta. And Igor commenting, saying, Australia loves you, Brady. We love Curtis and Carson, too. So we have people down under watching the show as well, which is really cool. Oh, that's cool. So I think we'll we'll leave it there, guys. Uh, you know, I, I first off, Carson, man, thank you. Uh, thank you for your willingness to share. And I'm kind of interested to to text with you later on to really get into how this went for you. Cause I know you were super nervous and uh, about going on and uh, you know, you had, you, you, you knocked it out of the park, man. You were you, you just be you. And that's what we saw here today. And, and there's so many times that people have, and I'm guilty of it too, still to this day where I can't, I feel like it can't really be me. And I really feel that, you know, your true self came out today and that's just a, just a, such a huge, important step. And I just can't thank you enough for, for coming on. And, and Kurt, and you're sitting there in the puck support shirt. You've been so kind to me, dude, with everything. And um, just become a great friend. And just love you. And Cars, love you too, man. Like, I, I think together, the three of us, along with other people, whether it's, you know, to us working together all the time. But I really feel like these, this, the three people here and the people watching listen to the show, together we can all get out there and, and not only, you know, help other people, but help ourselves along the way uh together and i think that's it's, it's just something beautiful in that and um it's one thing carson i can bring on you know hockey hall of famers and nhl players and uh it's that's easy right and then be like oh how was your career how was it when you moved away from junior how was it this how was it that stories but this is real life and this is what we need to talk about we could talk who cares about hockey this is real life this is solutions and conversations about things that all of us go through and uh just so grateful for your time and kurt man i yeah just thank you for introducing me to carson and uh thank you for your heart if you guys want to hop in and say anything before we go um by all means hop in Go first. Okay, I got it. All right. Yeah, no, I just uh, this helps me, bro. It truly does. This gives me life. You know, I have days where it's up and down. Whatever I talked about in my story today, I'm fired up now. Like I'm, I'm jazzed up to go eat a big meal, get to bed, get up and crush my, crush my shit tomorrow. Because you're being vulnerable. It, it, it fuels everyone around you. It bonds us all together into a feeling of oneness, dude. So I commend you for coming on here, being yourself. The cars I always knew. And uh, thank you, Brady, for this platform. It's uh, unbelievable. Cars, you got anything you want to add? Uh, I just want to say shout out to the Doris Crescent crew, Curtis. Thank you so much. Uh, my therapist is going to listen to this. So shout out to Jen. Thank you so much for everything you've done. Um, and if anybody wants to reach out to me, you can hit me up on Twitter at CBingoR. Hold go. on. Hold on. What is it? 
C bingo R. Like, let me make sure I got that right. Is is this right? Like that? Yep. At C-B-I-N-G-O-R. You're also on Instagram too, but you're bigger on Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And we'll make sure, I know there's people in here. Marty was watching and he said, Hey, can I reach out to a couple of you guys? He's struggling right now. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Reach out. Reach out. Reach out. Oh. He says, and he said, he said, this has been a great show. It's exactly what I've needed. Struggled a lot lately. Marty, you're not alone. We'll, uh, we'll all be connected in, in some way. And um, once again, guys, thank you so much, Kurt. We'll do this again. I'm sure the, t- the three of us and we'll kind of maybe roll this as an update and it can be a story that people can follow along. And Carson, this at the end of the day, when I first did my podcast, it was like I came on. A, yes, I started a podcast. But from that moment, people started to hold me accountable a little bit more because I put myself out there and it was one of the best decisions, if not the best decision I ever made. So that's the, that's what's going to happen here for you. And you have us in your corner, man. So thank you so much guys. And uh, can't wait to do this all again in the near future. Let's Let's go. go, All right, boys. We'll talk soon. All right. That's uh, Curtis, Gabriel and Carson Rogers. Thank you. Boys, that was refreshing conversation, tough conversation. It's not easy to talk about uh, that kind of stuff for anybody and for Carson to come on. Never done a podcast before, never probably done anything like this before. And he came on and no holds bars. And I love it. And I just really, really greatly appreciate him, his strength and his courage and Curtis for putting it all together. Uh, we're going to hear a quick message from our friends at Pride Tape. We need to get some new pictures in this because this is an old video, but you'll see Curtis in this video. He connected me with them a while ago, a year and a half ago, and uh, he's obviously a huge supporter of the You Can Play project. Pride Tape, he is an ally, and so am I. And uh, do your part in your community. And for me, it's really just about inclusion and that, it, you know, we talk about bullying and and, and all that comes with it. And it's just about being a community of people supporting and loving each other. And that's what it comes down to. We'll see you all in a couple moments. Pocket of Hell and Back is brought to you by Pride Tape. Pride Tape is a badge of support from teammates, coaches, parents, and pros to young LGBTQ players. It shows every player that they belong playing the sport they love and that we're all on the same team. Show your support for teammates, coaches, and fans in the LGBTQ community by wrapping your stick with Pride Tape. Every roll of tape will make an impact in sports and beyond. Inclusion starts with leadership. Check out some of the ideas of how you can get involved at youcanplayproject.org. Check out Pride Tape at pridetape.com. For more information, you can send an email to aubrey at pridetape.com. That's A-U-B-R-E-E, Aubrey, at PrideTape.com. You can find PrideTape on Facebook.com slash PrideTape, on Twitter at PrideTape, and at PrideTape on Instagram. PrideTape thanks all of you for being champions for change. We got to update those. There's just some terrible pictures in there, but thank you to the wonderful people, Jeff and Dean, everyone over at PrideTape. They've been amazing. And Dean's son, Andrew, is set to uh, take on the Everett Silvertips main camp here in a few days. And my dad's a scout there. Uh, Good luck to Andrew uh, starting his major junior hockey career. It's exciting times. And uh, I've had the pleasure of being on the ice. Man, it makes me choked up every time. I can't help it. I just, 
I feel so at peace on the ice and so grateful to be able to do what I've been doing. And, you know, I talk about like Dan Spence from 360 Goaltending, who has been highly, highly responsible for me getting back on the ice and been working with him very closely the last couple of weeks in North Bay and Aurelia. And I've done those camps for a couple of years now with them. And it's a blast. Got to stay on this farm and uh, hang out with some of the other coaches and just be in that it's almost like being in a locker room, but it was, you know, it's pretty cool because I'm the oldest one in that group, aside from Dan Popke, shout out to Dan Popke, the physical therapist and dad of Vinny and Frank, but I'm the oldest in that group. And I remember being the youngest in, in the dressing rooms all the time or around that and, and the conversations that, you know, I get to share with these, these young men and women, because sometimes there's, there's girls there as well, young hockey players, Mitch's girlfriend, Charlie, for example, um, Mitch Webb. It, I don't know. It's just different. It, you know, when they listen, they're paying attention, and and then you start to see some of it trickle down. Uh, I've been able to have the the great honor of sharing my story quite a bit, and you know, doing some public speaking, which I really like to do. And this past Sunday was Sunday. I lose track of my days. Uh, Brody Kerbison, who's watching right now, and I went down to St. Mary's in the Lucan area down near Stratford, uh, about a three-hour drive away to play in the Nick Smith Memorial Golf Tournament. And Nick Smith uh, is a former junior hockey player who took his own life in 2019. And uh, I got to, to play uh, on the team in the golf tournament with Brody uh, and uh, Nick's dad, Dave, and his cousin, uh, Jay, which uh, was just in incredible i mean it was it was tough i'm not gonna lie but just amazing and to see the turnout there was uh, quite a few ohl players there and junior hockey players there in support and elaine and doug were there and got to meet a whole bunch of new people who had been kind of following along on the puck support journey and the hockey to hell and back journey for a while and uh, i got to speak at at the reception and I was up there for 45 minutes and anybody that knows me knows that I don't plan anything. I have a new motto. That's to just wing it. And, and that's what I did. And, you know, to, to look in the room and, and see people crying and, and really feeling some of the stuff that I said, again, it's not easy, but it brings me hope when people can absorb something and it, and it leaves an impact on them. It leaves them, feeling maybe differently about something prior to hearing that. And that's the most important thing. And it's not just my story. Uh, we all need to have these conversations and share our story and our experience because we all have a story and we are all going through different things at different times and, and, and not being alone and not feeling alone can, can honestly be the world, uh, be the difference between life and death in so many cases. So uh, thank you to Dave and Denise Smith for having me at the Nick Smith Memorial Golf Tournament. Uh, it was a real privilege and an honor. I uh, got to meet Nick's younger brother, Eric, who now I'm connected to as well. Um, and, and just so many great people. A special shout out to Tammy Harris, uh, the the aunt of Nick Smith, who really helped coordinate it and and advocate for me to be down there. And like I said, Elaine and Doug and, and, and just everyone that was a part of it uh, was... Uh, a real honor, I'm going to say that, and I don't say that lightly, uh, to be in that position. And I know like nothing ever comes out the way that I maybe want or hope, but I really believe there's something when you can speak from the heart. And uh, yeah, just feeling immense hope 
in this moment for for so many reasons and i hope didn't mean to even use the word hope but i hope that anybody watching this uh watching it live or after if you're listening on apple Podcasts or spotify or any of those places whenever you're listening to this i hope once again i said it that you find hope out of this episode and maybe even just the courage to share what's going on with you and it maybe sometimes doesn't have to be about what's going on with you directly but there's so many family members that have loved ones maybe a spouse or a son or a daughter a brother a sister who are struggling with mental illness mental health issues or substance misuse addiction and they don't feel comfortable enough to talk about it because of the stigma that's attached to that and that that just provides a whole other set of problems to me because now you're you're not allowing the 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 support network to open up and again we talk about hiding things and and that's the reality of the world we live in because this stuff does still have a stigma it does people get uncomfortable about it and don't know how to address it for the most part and i i still sometimes get like that so just really hope that everyone can take the message of we all got to do better we all have to play our part I've said it a million times and I'll continue to say it. We can keep looking to governments and organizations. If you want to talk to the hockey community, we can look to Hockey Canada and Hockey USA and all these places, governments. And at the end of the day, they need to be better too. But if we want to create change, lasting change, it has to start with each other in your own communities, in your own households, in your own schools, whatever that is, everywhere all the time it it's going to take a long time and it's going to be ongoing and we're, we're unfortunately probably always going to lose people along the way but i believe that by having these conversations and putting ourselves in the best position to to understand and have compassion and all that go that goes with it i do believe it's going to save a ton of lives i really truly believe it's going to save a ton of lives Thank you again to everybody for all your support, especially when it comes to puck support. I've been talking about this for like over two years on this show and on my social media. And it was so overwhelming for me. I thought, oh yeah, I'm gonna start this nonprofit organization and, and hopefully one day a charity and we're just gonna make it happen. And I had no idea when I thought about doing it, what it was gonna entail and how many hurdles and all the work behind the scenes and all the Zoom meetings and all the, everything the hours and hours and hours that have gone in to building puck support and sometimes building it and then having to tear it down and then rebuild it with new people and 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 things have changed and new people have come in and there's tons of people waiting on the sidelines to to help and now we can finally start to call in reinforcements and say now we have something so thank you to everyone's for your support and belief but again it's it's not about me and it's not about puck support it's about the reality of the state that the world is in and has been for a long time and having and wanting to make a significant change and again it starts within our own communities our own households all of that so I, I I legit don't have the words and that doesn't happen often to me I just want to say thank you thank you thank you thank you and if you are somebody who wants to be involved in puck support and the stuff that we're doing 
send an email to team at pucksupport.com. And if we don't get back to you right away, don't worry. We, we put it in a folder and we're putting it in the bank. And I do my best to get back to everybody. Things, I'm not going to lie, I've gotten a little bit crazy lately. I've been working hard on the ice and doing a lot of stuff. And I've been pulling back on my own social media as far as like, you know, reading all my messages and trying to get back to everybody. And I hope people can understand that sometimes it's just a lot and that I'm not ever ghosting anybody. Oftentimes I don't even see text messages, let alone phone calls or social media because my phone is always on silent, always on do not disturb. And it's not that I get so many messages, but it just compounds with all the different social medias. And it's it's different because a lot of the people that reach out to me are people who are struggling and people that need help. And I want to be able to help those people. I want to be able to answer everybody uh, because people need that support. But now we're finally in a position where other people can come in and it's not about, you know, cause I don't have all the answers, right? I think if anything, I'm would be a facilitator to help people get, take that next step. And what does that next step look like? And then guide them uh, to, to the right people and be a part of that, obviously moving forward. But um, I'm doing my best. I'm exhausted. Thank you. If you've messaged me, please don't take it personally. I don't even answer my dad or, people i don't even see it sometimes uh because sometimes it just gets it gets to be a lot and you know i will get back to people sometimes it just takes a couple of days uh if it's an emergency if it's an emergency call 911 uh you know call call the number jack.org i believe i I should have the phone number here i can probably pull it up Uh, there there are hotlines available if it is an emergency please reach out and and just tell somebody it's okay to be not okay, but it's not okay to have to sit there by yourself and think that you have to do this on your own. We've lost way too many lives and it it just seemingly never ends. And it just always leaves me with the question of, you know, what what can we do? Like what what could have been done? What can we do moving forward to to not to stop this, to limit this, to save lives. Like, what can we do? It's a question I ask myself all the time. And I want to be part of the solution moving forward. And I hope all of you guys do as well. Um, I believe there's so many people out there that want to, to be a part of something like puck support. But again, it's not just going to be puck support. It's about joining forces with other organizations and like-minded people. And who cares if any one person or organization is getting a spotlight. If something is right and we're doing it for the right reasons and we can all band together for the greater good, isn't that more important than anything else? It is for me, and I know that's the case for everyone that's involved with puck support currently. It's not about puck support. It's not about one person. It's not about one organization. It's like, how can we be a part of the solution moving forward? And that's something that I hope we can all do a better job. That's it. We'll be back likely next Monday, but I'm not going to make any promises. Uh, after the the summer dies down, I'll be back to regular podcasts. But this is crunch time for for hockey training. Uh, training camps are coming up, and been working with some junior guys who are headed off to to major junior, which has been so cool uh, to be able to share my experiences and my mistakes with them. To hopefully they don't make the same ones that I made. Anyways, Monday question mark by Monday, but we'll probably see you back live Monday 8 p.m. Eastern. Hello to my family back out west, especially my daughter, Brooklyn, and my son, Brody. Hello. Miss you guys. I love you lots. And uh, still working towards that, and I'll never quit. Until then, be kind to one another. Find gratitude in the little things. And always, 
Have a great day, if you so choose. Hockey was my life, rookie of the year. Swift as a Bronco, laced up in my gear. Past the pain when it's insane, yearning for that buzz. Of your journey through the depths of hell. Criminal fentanyl, I struggled, I fell. Abused, confused, as the shadow of who I once was. Can't sleep for restless week. Don't go night a remedy. I need to get my life gear back on track. Used to toe drag them like Wayne Gretzky And now I'm toe-tending homeless on Hastings Intervenous drugs weren't in the gang notes The wrong kind of how to ride the lightning Sideboard ignored hot and frightened Hockey to hell and back was my recovery road Sleep restless week. Up all night, a dread on a need to get my life here back on track. Emotions drained, I can't stop crying. Send my reflection, no sense lying. My inspirations are getting killing back. Mental health over hockey. Gotta get people talking. Ignite the chain up again. It is real, but the soul is lost. The game changers were my former convictions. Now I live for the fuck addiction. I got honest to honor the ones we lost. Finally doing what I'm meant to do. Strap on your blade, you can follow me too. Give me your ear to hockey and healing back podcast. Can't sleep, restless week. Up all night, a dread I need to get my life here back on track. Emotions strained, I can't stop crying. Except my reflection, no sense lying. My inspirations are getting a killing back.